Well, hello, Faith family. I am joined here by Tim Tiffner. Uh, we just heard a great uh, sermon from Kyle this morning from Revelation chapter 2. Uh, it is the, uh, verses 8 through 11, uh, the letter from Christ to the church at Smyrna. Uh, very powerful. Uh, I'm really just enjoying this Revelation series. Uh, Tim, what was the, the most impactful thing you got from the sermon today? I think what impacted me the, uh, significantly was the reminder the church of Smyrna was a persecuted church and the, the expectation of persecution and um, how that that is for many times within church and around the world today, that's the norm. Not for us maybe, but for many, many of my brothers and sisters in Christ, it is the norm of what they live every day. And this letter uh, is a warning to me, but it was also a comfort to them when they read that around mm -hmm. the world. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was just kind of a neat circumstance for me personally. I'm teaching church history in our morning seminars. Today was about the English Reformation, and there's just so many people who were willing to be burned at the stake rather than, than uh, turn their back on the gospel or on the authority of the scripture. Um, in fact, one of the quotes that Kyle used today uh, was also in my lesson. Uh, and, and so it is a good, a good reminder that that's the norm. for yeah. This period of, and certainly in the West and in the United States, this this religious freedom that we still enjoy is such an um, aberration in, in the history of the world and one that we should be grateful for. We shouldn't necessarily wish persecution on ourselves, but yet we should also think, how can I be a good steward of this, the, the, this time? And uh, should spur us on to, to care for those who, who are in need. Well, uh, persecution, as we mentioned, was a big theme. Uh, Tim, you've been, had a lot of experience, whether it's on the mission field or other aspects of ministry. Have you met people who have been persecuted? I have had the privilege of knowing uh, people that have and are being persecuted. Um, one of the first that came to my mind was a man that I met in when we were in the Philippines, and uh, he was an Ilongot tribesman and had come to faith. God had saved him, and uh, he had grown in the Lord and was one of the elders within that village, church elders now, not village elders, and uh, had a strong testimony for the sake of Christ. And I took him on his first airplane flight, and I thought he was going to cut my head off because he was so excited. And I forgot to take his machete away from him when he was in the back. But anyway, when we went, he was called uh, by supposedly government agents, uh, representatives of the Philippine government, to come for a meeting on community affairs, and they wanted the church represented. Basically, they wanted the church leaders that were there. Uh, when they came, they were gunned down mm. uh, for their faith. And, and the reason was that they knew the, the, the guerrillas, they were the New People's Army, they knew the power of the gospel, and they could never win the hearts of people whose hearts had been won by Christ. Mm. And so that was, uh, Wagsaw was his name. Uh, really st struck me. When we were visiting our family, our, my eldest daughter and her family in uh, Papua New Guinea, I met a couple men there, pastors. Both of them have been beaten for the cause of Christ. Uh, and the culture that's there... Um, it's very violent toward them, um, and uh, both of them, David and uh, uh, Jimmy, both have had to face that and constantly are facing it now, not just by physical beatings, they both have faced that, but they also have attacks upon their property and their belongings, all because of Christ and wanting that. Uh, and their testimony to the church is amazing on uh, how they walk with him. Um, 
I was thinking of, there was a uh, one man that actually I'd gotten to know. He, he was close to my son. His name was Ishmael. And Ishmael, because he was a believer, a strong believer in Christ, uh, ended up uh, being termed a, a witch. <laughs> you would think that's only about women, but there it could be applied to whatever. And uh, it was through some tribal things that were going on to there. But the reason he was designated that was because of his strong faith in Christ. And, uh, and he suffered for that. He eventually ended up dying of what they would call natural causes, heart attack. But that pressure was certainly true mm. within his life. So uh, when we lived in, uh, in Alaska, we would be part and there would be Russians that would be flown over from uh, eastern Russia. They'd come across into Alaska for training, many of them had been suffered at the hands for persecution mm. when they were there. Under communism. Under communism. Um, it's a, it's a, just a reality. And so uh, for, for so many, it's not a theory. It is a reality in how they live. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I don't know that I've uh, ever met anyone who's had to deal with uh, state-sponsored uh, persecution, certainly not to death. We had a member of our own church, uh, her father, uh, was Jewish, and when uh, she told him that she wanted to become a Christian and marry a Christian man, he threatened to disown her, and he basically has shunned her ever since. Um, and so folks like that who have really felt like they, they can really speak the truth of how the local church, the church generally, can be like a new family when, when your family will disown you. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the ways I'm so grateful that our, 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 our church name is Faith Family Church. Certainly this church has been a family to me during my, my years here when I was in the Army and now mm -hmm. uh, here. So that's definitely our goal. And people, uh, people sometimes persecution can be state-sponsored. Sometimes it can be your neighbors and your friends and family. Um, but still we have the assurance that uh, it is worth it uh, to follow Christ. Well, what are some practical ways, Tim, that we can, how should we pray for people who are persecuted? And then how can we know more about people who are persecuted? Mm, good. I've appreciated how uh, Pastor Kyle emphasized this, and it was first on my list even before hearing him, is to pray for faithfulness. Pray that they will be faithful. Not to be delivered from the persecution first, but to be faithful within that. Uh, that's where they see the hand of God. Pray for courage mm. for them. And pray for peace within their hearts because you get can get twisted up inside. Why is this happening to me? But may they just grasp those things. God will deliver in His way in His time, uh, and these things we can we we certainly can pray pray for them. And there's plenty of things that that have been uh, that are helpful as far as trying to stay in contact with that. One of the things, and I know the church here has. Has, certainly has some interest in it, but there's an organization uh, called Frontline Missions, mm -hmm. and uh, Tim Kesey and the work that's there, and they highlight areas all over the world, and so many of them are in these areas of where persecution is a reality. You can be aware of that. They can see it through their DVD series, through their monthly mm -hmm. prayer letters and publications that they put out, uh, and it's a real face on a reality of what is happening. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs is a good uh, way to check. I think they've righted the ship there after some difficulties they were in, but um, they again, uh, a, a way to keep track around the world of what's happening, of individuals' faces that are into there. Uh, but another good way is to 
talk to missionaries mm. that are in those areas. Actually talk to them, listen to them, what's happening. Uh, all may not have it, but many do, and they wait a lot of times for, to be asked about some of these things. You'll see on prayer letters that come in and say, don't uh, send these out because we live mm. in areas that, that could come back upon us. So this is not to be uh, mass mailed out. Or they'll either. change the names to protect yes. uh, people. Yeah, yeah those are all have been very, very helpful for me. And then uh, just acquainting oneself with books that speak to exactly what you're saying. Probably the most common one we think of is reading by Elizabeth Elliot through Gates of Splendor. If you haven't read that, you really ought to read that book. Mm. Uh, it's, 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 you've been used of God. But another book that is just as powerful in my life was one God planted five seeds. And it was the uh, seven years earlier, there were five new tribes missionaries martyred in Bolivia. Mm. And their story of going into the IRA tribe. And those are things that we need to hear, our children need to hear. Uh, they need to be able to uh, be challenged, be encouraged by that. Um, Don, uh, Don, El Richard, yeah, Don Elliott, uh, Don, Don Richardson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> written a couple books. Uh, uh, one is a Masonarian Jaya called Peace Child. Another one is based, uh, uh, is based in Papua New Guinea. And uh, the one that's in New Guinea refers to a man named Stanley Dale, uh, a Australian missionary, one of the first to go into those areas after World War II. Ended up being martyred for Christ. Uh, took over 60 arrows in him. Mm. And they kept shooting him because they were told that this man has the spirit of God in him, and you're going to have to really kill him because he's going to come back. And they kept shooting and shooting and shooting. He died. The Lord took him. He didn't run, didn't try to hide from it. He took him. And through that, God opened up a mm. huge ministry going into the highlands of New Guinea. Oh, wow. So those are the type of things that we, we can hear about, keep track of what's happening now, and yet a touch into not our far distant past at all mm -hmm. to be encouraged. Yeah, missionary biographies, getting to know actual uh, missionaries and their, and their, and their mission ministries. And then some of those great organizations. Let me echo what he said about Frontline Missions International. Mm -hmm. I've supported them individually uh, for a while, and the church supports them regularly as part of our effort to reach the unreached. Uh, Tim Kazee was actually a professor of mine briefly, a mm -hmm. uh, great man of God, and uh, continuing a ministry that kind of was the product of a merger of a, of a organization that was really uh, Georgie Vins, helping people behind the Iron Curtain yeah. who were enduring persecution, merged with another organization to, to form the modern frontline missions. So yeah, that's a wonderful way to, to find out about uh, a mm -hmm. persecuted church and support them. Well, we, we had a great sermon today, theme of persecution. Um, part of the, uh, the outline uh, was just kind of expositing these, these four verses. Verse 8 was the resurrected Christ writes. Verse 9, he knows. Uh, verse 10, he predicts, and verse 11 assures. Were, any, any big points that stood out to you uh, from, the, from that outline there? You know, the one that really, uh, they were all very mm -hmm. good, but the one that really reminded me again is that pure uh, uh, persecution purifies us. Mm. There is a purification there, and, and it's only done through, through persecution. Yeah. That really spoke to me. Yeah. It's a wonderful reminder. Absolutely. Even the, even the light persecution that we often face yeah. here in the West, whether it's just being ostracized, maybe not being Mr. Popular, being made fun of for your moral stances yeah. or something, 
still, it has a way of solidifying that faith. Like, hey, this is real. I'm, I'm willing, to, willing to sacrifice popularity, mm-hmm. um, friendships even, advancement in my career for what I believe. And it has a way of kind of clarifying our values and our priorities. And certainly uh, the, the persecution unto death definitely persecutes mm-hmm. the church generally. The one that really stuck out to me was verse 11, the resurrected Christ assures. Mm-hmm. And just talking about that word conquer, which is really the theme of Rever- uh, Revelation, where we get the, the, the brand Nike, victory. Um, so it's yeah. not about defeat. It's not about all the evil things that the beast and the Antichrist do to the church or all the suffering and the martyrdom that we're called to, to do. It is ultimately we are on the victorious side, and that is the, the ultimate um, message of Revelation. Christ will win. Mm-hmm. Those who are in Christ will win. He is that conquering lion of Judah, of the tribe of Judah that we will see. So take heart that though uh, the the the, what is it the old hymn says, though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet, and, and that in Christ we will be victorious and he will be victorious. So it's worth it. Uh, the, the little sufferings that we suffer in this life, as Paul says, are not worthy to be compared to the glory uh, hereafter. Well then, uh, Kyle then, uh, applying this passage, had eight takeaways. Was there a particular takeaway that stood out to you? Yeah, one that really stood out, that, again, they're all good, but one mm-hmm. that stood out to me, particularly in light of a class, a seminar that we're doing, and that was the seventh one, is mm. to prepare your children to face persecution. Uh, we want to protect them. And there is a measure of protection, but what we're protecting them from is not uh, serving the Lord and the persecution. That we're, we want to protect them from evil, mm-hmm. not from following the Lord and being willing to suffer and give your life. And it really stood out today because I was, and it applies to all of our children, uh, certainly, but especially we were considering uh, sons, fathers and sons today. What is it man to be to be a, a Christian man? Are you willing to take responsibility to stand for Christ? Lead your family, lead your church, whatever it is to take that and knowing that that's going to be the likely outcome of persecution. And you begin teaching that when they're young and then you find out when they're young, are they standing for what's right with their friends or mm-hmm. whatever that's there? Um, and it just goes, not only, and probably the most powerful way to prepare them uh, is by an example of your own life. Mm. Do you, as a parent, as a father, embody that willingness to suffer? And they see that. Uh, they don't see you compromise. Yeah. On that. Yeah, no, that, that, that's been my own testament. My parents certainly weren't perfect. You know, we struggled to do family devotions, and when we did, it wasn't always that, you know, uh, amazing. Um, but th- one thing I never doubted, that God was real to my mom and, uh, mom and dad. Um, they, they loved God. They loved to talk about God. Um, and so that, that had the biggest impact on my life, that, that God himself is worth living for. And then my mom. My mom, I think, wanted to be a missionary. She ended, the Lord ended up calling her to be a Christian school teacher, its own kind of mission field, I suppose. Um, but she loved missionary biographies. So mm-hmm. I grew up on missionary biographies, missionary stories. And I knew my mom wanted what was best for us. She wanted us to, to be happy. Um, she, wanted, she wanted to spend time with us. But she, from very on, she made it very clear that her prayer is she was giving us to the Lord, sort of like Hannah we heard about in Kyle's sermon series through 1 Samuel. Like, if she was willing, if the Lord called my sister and I to the other end of the globe, mm-hmm. that she would be happy if we were following Christ. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of priority, um, more so than just my happiness and my 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 schooling and my athletic ability, certainly that was a bigger priority. So 
Christ is greater than, than personal safety and security. Uh, the, the eighth one stood out to me. Uh, Non-Christian following Jesus might get you killed. I just, I love, we, we're blessed at this church that we often get uh, people who aren't believers or aren't sure they're believers, and they, they, we're gl- grateful that they find this a very safe space, if you will, to, to, to be here and, and examine the claims of Christianity. And I love how Kyle... His invitation to the, to the lost here wasn't your typical begging and pleading. Please, don't you really want Jesus? He'll make your life better in these ways. He's like, yeah. non-believers, Jesus just might get you killed, um, which, it, which is absolutely true. Count the cost. Uh, he's the, but the reason it's worth it uh, is because he has the truth, and he is the only way. And so encouraging uh, non-believers to follow this Christ who died and, and rose again and is the ultimate conqueror. Look at the example of other faithful Christians who have, uh, because they, they saw Christ as so valuable, they, were, they valued him even more than their own lives. What a testimony to the lost. Yes. Considering the claims of the gospel that we need to turn from our sins, believe in Christ alone for salvation, than those who are willing to live it out uh, even in martyrdom. Uh, well, thank you, Faith Family. Uh, we pray that you're able to enjoy these sermons in person if, if, whenever possible. If not, we're hopeful that uh, uh, posting them online and these talks afterwards can be a wonderful supplement to help you see how you can um, benefit from, from, from uh, sermons by discussing them afterward. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.